Good morning, Gold Avenue Church family and friends. This is Pastor Jalisa, and if you're like me, you cannot hardly believe that this is already the week of Christmas. We're in our final sermon that's been part of our Advent series called Jesus Is. And during this season, we've been looking at Jesus as the Son of God, the Lord, the strong horn of salvation, and last week we heard about Jesus, the Messiah. This morning we're back in the book of Luke, and we're looking at Jesus as the light of revelation to the Gentiles. But before we dig into the word, let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for the gift of light. Lord, we thank you for the light that came through Jesus. Lord, we thank you for the light that illuminates the darkness. And we thank you for the light of your word. So Lord, as we dig into your word today, I pray that you would bring light to any area in our hearts that might be dark. Lord, I pray that you would fan us into flame, that we would be those who bear your light brighter and more than ever before. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's living and active, and we pray that you would bear good fruit through the preaching of your word this morning, that you would empower and equip. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So today we're reading from Luke chapter 2, and I'm going to read verses 22 to 35. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him, that's Jesus, to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Holy Spirit, he went into the temple courts. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations. A light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The father's or the child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed 
and a sword will pierce your own soul too. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In 1941, German forces swept across Europe and invaded the Ukraine. By the fall of 1942, Nazi soldiers had taken over a small village called Korolauka, and as soon as they entered the town and set up shop, they began moving Jewish villagers into ghettos. Eventually, they started to force the Jews to dig their own graves before they were brutally murdered. A Jewish mother of six children named Esther Sturmer looked on with horror, and she began to hatch a plan. Within weeks of their arrival, Esther and her six children, along with 36 other Jews, packed up their things and gathered supplies, and they headed for a long and complex system of caves that existed just outside of their village. For 18 months, the Sturmers lived in darkness. They came out of their caves only when they needed supplies and only at night. 18 months of darkness. It's hard to imagine. 18 months of stumbling around in the dark tripping on rocks, not knowing when the path in front of you might actually end or be a cliff that could drop off at your next step. 18 months of not being able to see the dirt on your own skin or the or the dried blood on a wound that you don't even remember getting. 18 months of not knowing what creatures have made their home in the same area as you. There's snakes and salamanders and spiders. 18 months of not knowing the treasures that could exist beneath your feet. Precious stones and metals that you wouldn't even be aware of. 18 months of little to no purpose aside from staying alive, surviving the monotonous, all-consuming darkness. Those caves hid the Sturmer family and those who went with them. But darkness can be a terrible thing. It's no wonder that scripture repeatedly uses this metaphor of darkness and light. It refers to those who live in darkness and contrasts them with those who live in the light. And in our text for this morning, Simeon is a man living in the light. Luke actually tells us quite a bit about this man, Simeon, in just a few short verses. Simeon is obviously a Jewish man, and he's living in Jerusalem. And Simeon is said to be devout and righteous. Right away, we learn that Simeon is a man with an unusual purpose. He is waiting for the consolation, the deliverance, the restoration of Israel. As a devout Jew, Simeon is aware of the very particular identity that has been assigned to his people. He knows the stories of Abraham and Isaac, of how God set apart his people to be holy. He knows the stories of Moses and Joshua, how the Lord had delivered his people from slavery and had given them the promised land flowing with milk and honey. 
Simeon knows the stories of David and Solomon and the royal line of kings who followed, whose commitment to God or rebellion against God had caused both the profound favor of his people as well as their eventual fall into exile. Simeon knows the promises of God to one day reconcile his people unto him, to forgive their sin and rebellion and to establish a glorious eternal kingdom that would not only include God's chosen people Israel, but also all who called upon the name of the coming Messiah. Simeon knows the prophecies spoken by Isaiah and Micah and Zechariah and others who foretold the birth of that Messiah, the Savior King born unto a virgin who would usher in God's rule and reign on the earth, a King who would heal and deliver and bring freedom and joy and peace upon the earth, peace that would last forever. This is what Simeon is waiting for, watching for. It's what he's been waiting for for a long time, the consolation of his people. Simeon knows the truth. He knows his purpose. He's righteous and devout, and Simeon walks in the light. And yet all around Simeon is evidence of darkness. This promised king hasn't arrived yet. Israel no longer even owns the dirt beneath her feet. They have no king who sits on a throne where the whole world would bow down to. The Romans who control this world bow down to a complex system of idols. They believe that their own Caesars, their own emperors are divine. Worship of Roman gods required every flavor of sin and depravity, and as such, the culture was riddled with violence, normalized sexual immorality, disturbing systems of sacrifice. Greed ran rampant and produced a corrupt tax system that pillaged the poor and left the rich richer as Rome spread across the ancient earth. Simeon's world was one without absolute truth. It was a world of lost people, a world of unnamed, unnoticed, unaddressed filth, carnage, and consequence. It was a world of all-consuming darkness. And yet, though we're centuries down the road, Simeon's world is not a world so different from our own. Like people lost in a dark cave, how many around us are groping around in the darkness looking for some kind of truth, something to stand on, answers to life's questions and purpose for existence? How many in their search have tripped, have been attacked or have gotten injured or worse? Truth and light seems so elusive these days and it's so hard to nail down. We look at politics and policies. We think about vaccinations and restrictions. We hear about rising rates of depression and anxiety, increased religious persecution across the globe. The world is lost in darkness on so many fronts. How many wander the earth without purpose? 
How many live by their own sinful desires that will eventually have terrible consequences? How many walk the earth bound by sin, wounded and reeling in pain, without even knowing it? How many sit in the dark, waiting for someone to come and turn the light on? It's overwhelming if you start to consider it. And it's also why Simeon's declaration in our text for today is so incredibly profound. Imagine it. Sometimes I think that when we look at stories in the Bible, we think about them as being normal for their day and their context. But I think that this day in this temple was as incredible and unusual for those worshiping that day as it is for us today. We've got Simeon, this old man, and he's prompted by the Holy Spirit to go to the temple courts. Simeon is told by the Spirit that he will not die until he sees the Lord's Messiah. But we don't know that Simeon knows today why the Spirit has told him to go to the temple. So there Simeon is. He's likely chatting with his friends here and there. Maybe they're talking about that morning's teaching or how the sacrifice went. And from across the pillared courts, Simeon locks eyes with a young couple entering the outer courts, holding a tiny baby. Luke tells us that Mary and Joseph had come to the temple for purification rites, to make a sacrifice, and to dedicate their firstborn son to the Lord, as required by the law of Moses. Really simply, the law required that 40 days after a son was born, the woman who bore that, that child had to come to the temple to be purified. There would need to be purification for her following the birth as well as for the child, given that Jews also held the belief that children were born sinful and must be purified. A sacrifice would be made that would include a sheep if the woman was wealthy or a pair of birds would suffice if she was poor. Mary and Joseph come to sacrifice birds. This tells us that they're very poor. Mary and Joseph also came to dedicate their firstborn son to God, as that was what the law required of all living things. Now, it seems simple, but if you tease this apart and really look at it, what we have here is the very son of God, a 40-day-old baby who was both divine and human, a spotless, sinless lamb who had been conceived by the Holy Spirit of God, He's brought into the temple in order to be cleansed from sin he'd never committed and to be dedicated to the God who was already his father. At 40 days old, Jesus is already paying for sins that he did not commit. Jesus is already committing his life to the purposes of God the Father. So Mary and Joseph walk into the temple outer courts to do something that would be as normal as receiving communion or taking a child for baptism. And something inside Simeon starts to sing. This is it. Today is the day. 
the Messiah has come. Simeon walks up to Mary and Joseph and he sweeps baby Jesus in his arms and he begins to praise the Lord. Sovereign Lord, Simeon says, as you've promised, you can now dismiss your servant in peace. In other words, Simeon is saying, God, I know that my assignment is complete. You tasked me with watching and waiting for your Messiah and you said I wouldn't die till he came. I'm an old man and I've been your servant. Now the servant word doulos is not one of obligation or slavery or drudgery. It's one of honor. Doulos is a word that's assigned to people of great purpose like Elijah and Moses and David. I've been your servant, Simeon says, and I've completed my task. And so you can dismiss me now. I can die now in peace. This is profound enough, but what Simeon says next holds the weight of the very heart of God. For my eyes have seen your salvation, Simeon says, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations. A light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. Simeon gets the big picture. God has sent his Messiah unto his people for the consolation and glory of Israel. But finally, after all these years, the glory, the truth, the favor, the purpose, the light will be shed on the broken Gentile world. God's promises now apply to the whole world. All those people wandering around in darkness. And in one little baby, the light switch is turned on for all who would call upon his name. Jesus is the light of revelation to the Gentiles, to the whole world. Revelation is defined as a surprising and previously unknown fact, especially one that's made known in a dramatic way. A divine or supernatural disclosure to humans of something relating to human existence or the world. And isn't that just so true? Jesus, the Messiah, comes with truth and light, with healing and freedom, with forgiveness and mercy, with victory, joy and peace. Now for all who call upon his name. The light of revelation to the world had come. Simeon goes on to speak more prophetic words about the life that this tiny baby would live. He turns very specifically to Mary and he says, This child will cause the rise and fall of many in Israel. He will be spoken against and will reveal the thoughts of many hearts. And then Simeon delivers this painful promise. Mary, he says, a sword will pierce your own soul, too. Simeon knows that Mary, as the mother of the light of the world, will look on and bear the pain her son bears. 
in a way only a mother can. To bear the light of the world was going to cost her much pain and sorrow. And yet in this moment, Mary and Joseph receive yet one more verification that what Gabriel, Elizabeth, the shepherds, and the wise men had said was true. Their son was the long-awaited Messiah, the consolation of Israel, and the light of revelation to the world living in darkness. And friends, as we celebrate this Christmas season, let us not forget that Jesus is the light of revelation. Later on in his ministry, Jesus passed that part of his identity on to his people. Once the baby Jesus had grown up, he sat on a hillside and he told his followers, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. The world needs light. And the thing about being lost in the dark is that most often you need someone else to come along and turn the light on. In the spring of 1944, Russian liberation soldiers lit lanterns of light, and began to wander into the caves outside of a small Ukrainian village. After 18 months of living in the darkness, 18 months of waiting for some sign that the war was over and that peace had finally come, light made its way to Esther Sturmer and her six children waiting in the darkness. The war was over. And the light had overcome. The world needs light. It needs truth. It needs to know the one way, the truth, and the life. The world needs to know the love of their Father in heaven and the grace and forgiveness that he brings. The world needs to know the wages of their sin and the reward of righteousness. The world needs to know the gospel of Jesus Christ and the everlasting peace that he came to bring. Simeon woke up every day waiting for an opportunity to declare the Messiah to the world. He he tuned his ear to the voice and the heartbeat of God and he waited for a chance to get up on his stand and let the light shine. As we look at the darkness around us, are we watching and waiting for opportunities to let our light shine? Are we hiding our light? Are we living lives that bring light to everyone within our spheres of influence? Are we willing to pay the price of rejection and pain that bearing the light of the world might cost us? Are our lives so bent 
on the purposes of God that we would be eager to die in peace and to meet our maker once they're accomplished. Friend Simeon knew his purpose. He knew what it would produce. And this morning I believe the Lord is highlighting ours. Gold Avenue Church. Let us be those who bear the light of the revelation of the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. Amen.